Praise the Lord, we are still on the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you've never been taught on the fruit of the Spirit, that's found in Galatians 5, verses 22, 23, 9 of them. Love and joy and peace, long-suffering, which is patience, self-control, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and meekness. Now, we're going to get on the one called meekness tonight. Notice I said meekness not weakness. Now, one of the definitions of weakness is humility. Now, go with me to Proverbs. Let's start in Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs 15. You know, I always like to honor people in our church, whether they're the young ones or even older ones. And so, um, you know, many of you may not know the head girls basketball coach at Trinity High School. He comes here, Greg Ammons. He's not here tonight, but my daughter's on the varsity staff there. They won. They're in the final four. There's four teams left in the state, so they play for that on Friday or Saturday. And actually, Greg Ammon's daughter, she is, she's going to play college golf, but she was moted the most valuable player of their district. So, man, it's awesome to honor young ones. Praise the Lord. Yeah, you can clap. All right. Meekness again. Turn to Proverbs 15, like I said. Now, one of the definitions of meekness is strength under control. Woo, I like that when I read that. And this is one of the most difficult virtues to develop. It is a stubborn attitude. And I believe this, guys, one of the reasons I think it's one of the most difficult of all these virtues to develop is it has the aroma on the, of the devil on it. The reason the devil was booted out of heaven was because of pride. Because of that smell that came with it. Now, I said this fruit must be developed. It won't be developed by just praying for one another. You know, I could lay hands on Bob's head all night and rub the, the hair off his head. It's not going to come on the inside. It comes by being developed. And that's, that's huge for every one of us that we get this where we say, Lord, begin to work this in me. A humility. And humility can, can come out in many, many aromas. One of the greatest ways I think humility comes out is when you get around other people. How many of you have ever been around people that think they're better than you? Every one of us. Every one of us. I'm going to tell you guys right now, that is not the heart of God. God said, I created all men equally. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 10, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. But it's sad when human beings, we start respect persons. And so one of the greatest ways that humility will come out of each one of us is the way we, we view and treat other people. Man, go overboard. You know, God will work in you in, in wonderful ways. Let me just start with this. When we were down at the marriage retreat, there's a guy who will cook you breakfast every morning at the place we were staying. And, and I've got to know him over the last few years. His name is Alfredo. And Alfredo's good to me. Man, I mean, he will fix me an omelet any way I want it. I mean, he is just awesome toward me. Actually, last year at the Men of Iron, they weren't doing omelets. He just had a breakfast bar. Well, I walked by and he goes, psst. And I looked at him and he said, you want an omelet? And I said, yeah. So I walked through there and all those men are like, how'd you get an omelet? And I said, man, I got the connection. I got it, boys. I got it. You want one? And some of them said, yeah. And I said, come with me. So I said, Alfredo, these guys want one of your omelets. But anyhow, uh, some of our guys that were there, they told me that it was snowing real hard one morning, 
and he had had a hernia operation. So he, he had a big tub he had to carry into work. And so he thought it would just be more convenient to, to park in a handicap zone and get his tub in and run it in there and do everything he could do. Well, he was in there for 20 minutes. Now, I promise you guys, there was not more than 10 cars in that parking lot. There were parking places everywhere. I don't believe there was one handicapped person in that whole place. He comes back out 20 minutes later to move his car, and there is a $250 fine on his car. And it tore him up. Well, when our guys told us that the next morning I went and I started talking to him, I said, man, Alfredo, I heard what happened. Well, he had some choice words. He's all blankety, 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 and blankety. And I sat there and looked at him, you know, and I said to him, I said, you know what? I've already started praying that the favor of God is going to come upon you and God's going to bless you. And he looked at me and goes, okay. <laughs> like if you say, and so I loved it. But the last morning when we were there, when the retreat was over, I mean, most of the people were gone. I mean, Shelly, we're walking out to the car, and all of a sudden, this guy goes by, and he's honking, honking, and I'm thinking, it's someone from the retreat, and I'm waving, and he rolls down the window, and it's Alfredo. And you know what it comes from? Just loving people. Just being good to people, even the cook. You better learn to be good to the cook. Let me tell you that right. Don't ever send food back, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> we better get going. Proverbs 15, verse 33. All right, let me get there. Proverbs 15, verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. One translation says, school in skilled living. What is the fear of the Lord? And before honor is humility. Now, you know what he's telling me there? First is humility, then honor, okay? Proverbs 16, verse number 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. So the prideful, you might as well get ready. And with pride comes a great fall. Listen what the message said in that. First pride, then the crash. Bigger the ego, harder the fall. I like that one. Proverbs 18, verse 12. Before destruction... The heart of a man is haughty. Now, look at the word haughty there. That means arrogant. That means private. He's not haughty, H-O-T-T-Y. He's a haughty. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about haughty, okay? Arrogant. He's an arrogant man. Some of you said, I'm haughty. I'm a, no, you're not. And before honor is humility. The NIV says a man's heart is proud. So you just begin to pick this up right here. Begin to get this and understand this. Now, every one of us in here, guys, we can become very prideful. We can become very arrogant. And a lot of times, you know what that's based on? When we start thinking we have success, when we start having things, a lot of times when you get a title in your life, you think, man, I've arrived. People are going to bow to me. Go with me back in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Now, as you're turning there, I'm going to quote for you Matthew 5, 5, and it says, Blessed are the meek, blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Now, definition of the meek is humility with self-discipline. And I believe it's important, and I think the greatest example of being meek was Jesus. Man, what an example of humility. I mean, Jesus was, he, he didn't have a problem hanging out with the tax collectors, with the Pharisees, the, the elite of their time, but he sure didn't have a problem hanging out with the, the, the castaways, the drunks. You go back and you look at all the scriptures, and Jesus just like people. And I believe it's important for us all to get to that place in our life. Matthew 11, verse number 28. Jesus' words here, and it says, Come to me. I want to stop right there. Come to me. Every time that it says that in the Bible, come to me, or references that in that way, you're going to have to put on a robe of humility. Come to Jesus. That means you're going to have to lay down your life, your pride, and say, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. Now, there was a time in my life, guys, I ran from the Lord. I ran from the Lord, and I knew, you know what, ultimately, I was going to have to humble my life and myself and say, okay, I've tried to do everything my way, and I've seen where it's got me. I'm, I'm battling a bunch of different addictions. I'm broke. I'm miserable. I'm unhappy in life. So you know what it, it came? Me saying, okay, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming to you. That takes humility. Now let's keep reading here. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Uh, the Amplified says you're overburdened. And I will give you rest. Now, in the, in the message it says, are you tired? Worn out, burned out. And he said, I'll give you rest. And he's talking about an internal rest on the inside. He's not talking about you getting a, a 30-minute power nap. He's saying, I'm going to give you rest where life quits being such a burden. I mean, remember the bumper sticker years ago, and it said, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. So many times, that's how our life is. We view it as, man, all I do is work. All I do. And so Jesus here, he's given us an invitation. He said, come to me. Come to me. The Amplified says there where it says he'll give you rest, says I'm going to give you ease, relieve, refresh your souls. Verse 29. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You're going to have to learn this. I'm going to have to learn this. And he says, for I am gentle. Now, many, many, many uh, different translations right there where it says gentle, it'll say meek. Jesus said, for I am meek. And look what he goes on to say. And lowly in heart. You know what that means? He's humble. He's humble. And you will find rest for your souls. Now, when you study man in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says man is three part. I'm spirit, soul, and body. You know what my soul is? My mind, my will, and even my emotions. How many of us in here could take a strong dose of rest for my soul tonight? 
How many of you are worried about something? You man, your mind is all bottled up tonight. See, this is what Jesus is saying. Come hang out with me, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you some peace. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I love the peace of God. The older I get, I love peace in my life. I don't like to be around people that are always fighting and stirring things up. I like peace. If you ever come into my house, you know what you'll find there? Peace. And lots of it. And this is because, you know what? I'm going to live for Jesus. I'm going to come to him and say, oh, thank you, Father God. You're giving me rest today. Look how he ends in verse 30. For my yoke is easy. It's pleasant. It's good. It's comfortable. And my burden or my load is light. The message says, keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I want to live freely and lightly. That's how I think he wants every one of us to live. But the key here is, I got to come to Jesus. And I got to keep coming to Jesus. Now flip over a little bit to your right to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Here's your key. You learn to walk in humility and humble yourself or life is going to humble you. I'm going to tell you right now. You can learn the hard way or you can learn the easy way. And many, many, many of us in here, including pastor, I learned the hard way in many areas of my life. I had to learn to walk in humility, even in this area. And I believe this is big. Each one of us understand this. And so, you know what? Many times we have this mentality. I don't need God. I got a great job. I got a great title. I got money. I don't need God. Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself, okay? Philippians 2. Let's begin here in verse number 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, a mind of humility, let each esteem others better, better than themselves. Now when I read that verse, you know what? It's a lot easier to read that than to do it. I mean, we can sit here and we can read this all night. We can pat each other on the back and say, oh, amen. Woo, that's good. We can walk out of here and treat each other just like dirt, too. So it's more than just knowing it. Keep reading, verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Once again, that's humility to say, I'm not better than anybody. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What type of mind was he talking about? Well, the Amplified says the same attitude, the same purpose, the same humble mind that Christ had. This is how we should live the same way that Jesus lived. Let us have the same mind. Where people are important, guys. I don't have to be in a hurry all the time. Keep reading. Verse number 6. Who being in form of God... He did not consider robbery to be equal with God. Now, you know what this said, guys? It wasn't robbery. Jesus was saying this. My life was to be given away. I wasn't to live selfish. That's what Jesus said. The reason I came to earth was to give my life away. I believe it's important for each one of us to do that. When you get in places in life, 
where you just begin to give your life away and treat people great. Verse uh, 7. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. You know what this is talking about, guys? He stripped himself of all his privileges. He came to the earth just as a man. He did not come to the earth just as the Son of God. He came and said, you know what? I'm going to humble myself as a man. I'm going to be just like you guys. And look what the next verse says. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. And he became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. For who? For me and you. He didn't need to flaunt himself. He didn't need to prove himself. He just said, I'm going to come and I'm going to humble myself as a man. Now this is important that each one of us begin to understand this, guys. Because in 1 Peter 5, it's very clear that God gives grace to the humble. When I learn to humble myself. Now, if we were to go to Isaiah, and this is a good reference to write down, Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 14, it's a little passage in there about the devil. And this passage is called the five I wills of the devil. Now, if you went back there and read it, the devil will say something like this, I will do this, and I will do that, and I will, and I will, and I will. And because he had that mentality... That's why he got booted out of heaven right there. Now, his I wills was based on two things. Number one, pride. And number two, a self-dependence. And you know what all of it was saying? I don't need you, Father God. I don't need you. And so because of this, Father God gave the devil the boot right out of heaven. He said, you're out. So anytime we get over and we become prideful, guys, we have the aroma of the devil on us. Look back in the Old Testament into 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. 2 Chronicles, you'll go through the Samuels and then the Kings, and then you'll get to 2 Chronicles, chapter 26. This becomes a great passage for us to learn right here. 2 Chronicles 26. It's talking about a young king here. Ooh, this is going to help us. Starting in verse number 1. Now all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. But he built Eloth and restored it to Judah after the king rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Now, if you went back and you read the whole book of Second Chronicles there, you'll keep coming to all these different kings. It will describe kings in one of two ways. Just like it did Uzziah, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. That's good. But many of the kings, it says this, but they did evil in the sight of God. Now, I begin to look at this, and over and over in my life, I would go into these passages, and I would study the ones that did what was right in the sight of God. I wanted to learn what they did. Those, those uh, rest of those flunkies, I didn't want to know what they did. The evil, I didn't want to know. I'd care less about that. 
I want to know what to do right. Now, let's look what he did. Verse 5. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding the visions of God. And as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And so as long as the heart of Uzziah humbly sought the Lord, did you see what it said? God prospered him. I can tell every one of us in here right now, you seek God, you're going to stay humble. You seek Him. You can't stay humble without seeking God. You get around Him. Now, that word sought there, it means to frequent a certain place. You know what that can mean? That every morning you seek God. You may have a place that you frequent on a daily basis. It also means to come to church. That I believe you, you frequent a place together with the body of, of Christ. Whether that's Sundays and Wednesdays. Now it, it's important that we begin to see all this. That, that this is what this guy, this young king did. And it says here that he, he was around a guy named Zechariah who had understanding the visions of God. I'm going to highlight that because Zechariah was a man of God. And he influenced this young king named Uzziah. And he said, listen, buddy, you got to seek God. you got to seek God. And I encourage you, get around people that will encourage you to seek God. Get around people that will teach you and say, learn to pray. And so he, he had to humble himself. You know, in, in 1 Peter 5, 6, it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. God's going to exalt so here's this young king. Man, he humbles himself and he seeks God and God begins to prosper him. Pick up with me for time's sake in verse 15. And Uzziah made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the, the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide for he was marvelously helped Till he became strong. Did you hear that? All of a sudden, guys, his fame starts going. And it says that he's not just helped, but he's marvelously helped until what? He became strong in his own eyes. And when he becomes strong in his own eyes, his life takes a dive. Now let's keep reading here. Verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. Remember, before the, the uh, pride goes destruction. Remember that. For he transgressed against the Lord as God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And so when you begin to look at this here, guys, he became prideful. He became arrogant. First Peter 5 says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Now, I can go back and I can look through the Old Testament and the New Testament. God never resists the liar. He never resisted the thief. He didn't resist the drunk. He didn't resist the adulterer. The only person you ever find in the Bible that God resists is the prideful. Because you know what the prideful say? Man, as a drunk, you come crawling to God and say, man, i got to have you. You know what the prideful say? I don't need God. I don't need God. i got a big checkbook. And so this is what begins to happen to this guy right here. Verse uh, 17. 
So Azariah, let me, let me back up to verse 16. For he transgressed against the Lord as God by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of the incense. Now you know what? This was a no-no, guys. The only ones that were to burn incense were the priests back in those days. But here Uzziah thinks, I'm the man. If I want to burn incense, then I'll burn incense. Now let's keep reading. Verse 17. So Azariah the priest went in after him. And with him were 80 priests of the Lord, valiant men. And they withstood King Uzziah and they said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You have no honor from the Lord God. His pride and his arrogance, guys, right here, caused him to think, I can do anything I want. Who can tell you no? And I believe this is one of the things that he's done. Because of pride, he's saying, you're not correcting me. You can't tell me no. Do you know who I am? Now, even in saying that, let me ask you this. Who in your life has permission to tell you no? Have you ever been around someone that said, hey, you can't, you can't do that? And even in this situation, these priests weren't being ugly to him. They realized what was on the line. They were trying to help him in a roundabout way. They were saying, listen, stupid. God's the one who put this in order. You break his commands. Keep reading. Verse 19. Then Uzziah became furious. And he had a sense in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord besides the incense altar. Now, can you imagine this, guys? Here's this guy who started out seeking God. He was humble. But all of a sudden, he starts getting some fame. And it's ironic to me that the very thing that caused him to stumble was the blessings of God. You know what that showed me? You better keep seeking God even when you're getting blessed. Because if you don't, there's a thing called pride and the devil's going to come in and he's going to suffer. And so once again, this guy lost his humility. If you remember when, when Jesus was, was going into uh, Mary and Martha's home, and, and, and Martha was bellyaching. And she said, I'm the only one that does any work. And Jesus said to her, he said, listen, Martha's found the one thing that's good and needful. And he said, she's sitting in there at the feet of Jesus. You know what that represented to me? She understood. i got to humble myself and come to the feet of Jesus. And even in this passage, when I read it, he quit seeking God. And when I quit seeking God, whoo, pride's going to come in. Now, I want you to notice something here in verse 23. It said, so Uzziah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the field of burial, which belonged to the kings. For they said, he is a leper. You know what that tells me? He died a leper. Because of pride. Now, you got to understand this about leprosy, guys. In those days when you were a leper, you weren't allowed into the city. 
You could not come into the city limits. It was that big of a deal. And here was a guy who was a king. I mean, who was being blessed. But he got stinking arrogant and haughty. I want to show you one more scripture real quick. Go, go to Psalm 138. 138. See, my point in this is here, guys, is we've got to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to be meek. Help me to be meek, Lord. Rid me of anything that's prideful. Rid me of anything that's arrogant. Psalm 138. Verse 6. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly. Now that's cross-reference into Proverbs 3, and that verse says he gives grace to the humble. That's what it's talking about. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the humble. So you know what that tells me? Father God's on high. Man, he's scanning the whole earth. And you know what it tells? He regards the humble. There's something, a scent, an attitude, a heart that God, God regards that's humble. It becomes very apparent that Father God, He knows the humble. But look what it says. But the proud, He knows from afar. It's like, get out. Unless you're going to humble yourself. Now, in saying this tonight, think about this in your life. Where do you have opportunities on a daily basis to get over in pride or arrogance? Think about it. Where you can look down at people, you can, you can think you're better than others. You know what's incredible to me is, is a lot of people think just because they have a title in front of their name, they can be arrogant. I'm better than you. I got a PhD. Yeah, that's just an old post hole digger. That's what that stands for. That's all that stands for. I'm going to tell you right now. How many times have you seen people because of a car? I'm better than you. Look what I drive. Well, up until a year ago, I drove a 91 Ford Ranger. So what? You know what I've said before? My prosperity isn't based on what I drive. It's just a vehicle. You know what happens on a vehicle? Look what happened on Monday. Every vehicle on Monday got muddy. Every one of them. None of them were exempt. But you just think, well, look, I... I have a Louis Vuitton purse. Look, and so, so many of the things in our life, we get prideful about, about things. About where we live. You just think about all that. But also about the people we get around. I said, Father God, I don't want to be that way. I want to love people and I want to be good to people. And I want to walk this earth with humility because I know this. Every time I walk in humility, God is throwing grace on me. He gives grace to the humble. And I don't know if you've figured this out. I have now. I want all the grace I can get. I need a lot of grace. Stand up with me. This is another fruit of the Spirit. Remember this. When you become prideful, you smell like the devil. You know what that is? That's leave me alone cologne. Now, woo, God does not want anything to do with you. Let's bow our head. Father God, we love you tonight. And we just ask, Lord, that through your spirit, whoo, help develop the fruit of meekness in every.
But number three,